Hi, Steve. Where did you come from? I've we've, been here this whole time. Oh, we've right we, be, we've missed you. <laughs> I've been right behind you. I've been in your sleeping in your office. We, uh, by we, I mean the world at large. Uh, yeah. Our our huge audience and mm-hmm. which maybe the radio show uh, not as much, but the podcast uh, is on like so we've been listened to in like over twenty countries now. So that's fun. Unfortunately, we haven't put up a podcast in a while, so they don't know you've been missing. But our radio <laughs> listeners have been, have been missing you. Uh, Dave's been filling in, and uh, it was nice to have Dave back. And we talked yeah. to our friend Ryan. And la- last week, uh, before we uh, start talking about where you've been or what, I was talking with Dave last week, and I mentioned uh, this article that was in uh, Outdoor Magazine that did this list of the top their top favorite outdoor board games. And I was, I was making fun of it uh, because they had put Everdell on it. So they had, what? yeah, exactly. So they had, uh, they started off with photosynthesis. They did wingspan. And that's why we brought it up. Cause we we're talking about wingspan. And, and at the end the last thing uh, they, they mentioned a mountain biking game that wasn't out yet. And they mentioned uh, one of the parks games, like trekking national parks or parks. Right. And then the last game was, was Everdell. And I was saying that that's ridiculous that anthropomorphic animals living in a fantasy forest doesn't make it an outdoor game. And I was saying there's, it was a bit lazy. They could have done a lot more stuff. And, uh, but I, but I, but I wasn't planning on talking about it. So I didn't really uh, have anything to plug into the holes that I thought were in the list. Well, that's interesting because for a second, I thought I thought you were talking about something else entirely. When you're like outdoor games, Everdell, I'm like, oh, what are you talking about? I figured you were talking about like lawn darts or horseshoes. Oh, outdoor games, uh, Everdell, yeah. 300 cards playing on the picnic that table. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> but then when you name these other games, I'm like, yeah, well, Everdell is in a forest. But it's in a um, forest, but it's not an outdoor. Like they, they had a list of like bird watching, stargazing. Yeah mountain biking, going to national parks, and then anthropomorphic animals in a fantasy world. <laughs> you know, yeah. it does, it, one of these things is not like the other. And But it has uh, yeah. a tree as part of the board. That's probably sure. what, well, what was doing it, maybe. But and yeah, then, no, I agree. The reason I'm bringing it up is I kept saying, as I was trying to find games to plug in to the holes, I said, well, yeah. there's, a, there's a mushroom game, and I couldn't think of what the, the mushroom uh, game yeah. was, but it's a morels. Yeah. yeah, and it's a two-player set collection game, uh, yeah. and it has a has an expansion now, I said, I think makes it four players. Yes, I've seen this, but I... And, and there's like three pretty good mountain climbing games that would have... There are. That would have yeah. done really well, and one of them is Summit, which is, yeah. I think I, I it's done by Inside Up Games, which is owned by, which is Canadian, I'm pretty sure. Oh. So so that's got an extra thing. Uh, Connor McGregor, Magooey, Connor Magooey okay. is, in, is Inside Up Games. I don't know if he did Summit. I got to look that up. But he also did uh, Gorus Maximus, which is a trick-taking... Uh, right, right. Not, not an outdoor game, but it's a, oh. it's a Roman uh, uh, gladiator trick-taking some of those, game. That's pretty some interesting. Of those. Which has been reskinned and he's relaunching as, as an underwater sea diving game kind of thing which so make wow. now it is an outdoor game interesting so now it would fit to get fit that uh fit that list well i was gonna say some of those uh gladiatorial arenas uh most were open to the sky i think oh at least the ones from the movies yeah uh but and some yeah. of the board game is connor mcgooey as well 
I don't know if I'm saying that name right. And it's an interesting sort of route building game, I think, where you've got to, you, you, you pick your supplies and then you try and climb up this sort of pegboard sort of. Yeah, I know There's which like one you're talking triangular about. triangular tiles and you're climbing a mountain and it has a bit of a 3d presence doesn't it is that the one there's there's a few men i don't know there's, there's a couple i don't know if yeah. that one. i'm looking at a picture one of that one called canine that is apparently pretty that good. might that, um, that's the that's the one that actually has the tower i think summit is just a flat board that you're playing tiles onto gotcha. to, build, to build your route where the i think canine is the one that's the actual structure right i should look that up too though cool I sound like i know what i'm talking about again well, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to be back on the radio. It's been a couple of weeks uh, laid up with a uh, minor surgery, but uh, I realized we did mention for anyone listening at home, you're listening to Everyday Meeple, uh, where yeah. everyday people talk, talk everything. Everything Meeple. Meeple. That, yeah, that's us. Yeah. So I haven't seen you. I was so excited weeks. that you were back that I forgot to even say who we were. Yeah, I know. I, I, that's why I'm, I'm covering the bases right now. This is who we are. Um, and I, I feel like I, I, I want to just segue into something because you brought up Goris Maximus and I can't A2, help A2, not K9. K9's oh, a dog. K2. K2's oh, a dog. yeah. God, silly. Yeah. Some, for some reason, I'm picturing the cover of that board game with the mountain climbers and there being a dog. Like In my brain, there's a brown German Shepherd on the cover. That's not the case. That's what happens with K dash a number. Immediately, my brain's got a dog in there. And that's Weird. not the game with the tower. What is the game with the, the mountain in the middle of the board? Yeah, I don't know. It's a pretty There's massive game. Needs a lazy outdoor, season to play it. Outdoor Magazine could have picked from three mountain climbing games. Yeah. And they picked Everdell. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, I have, a, I have a couple of great Let's segues. I don't know which one to go first. Do I go Goris Maximus or do I go Mountains? Where do you want? Well, you pick, pick your path. Goris Maximus. Uh, okay. It has a fighting bear on the cover. Great art. Yeah, it is really great art. And I'm glad to know, and I knew that it was a Canadian uh, designer, but I'm happy to hear that again. And I'm interested, I wonder, if uh, the motivation to read... like I... What if I'm wrong about that now? No, I'm pretty sure you're right. Um, I know pretty sure it's not def- absolutely sure, but um, I'm wondering if the motivation to reskin this game... And I might, this total me just guessing. I have no idea. Gorse Maximus was a success story in itself, but um, there might potentially be a real rise in the popularity of trick taking games oh, now that huge, the crew huge, yeah. has won the Spiel de Jar. Um, uh, that's true. Yeah. So the, the Spiel de Jar happened in my absence somewhere uh, along where the awards were given to uh, this year's game of the year. Um, and I'm not wrong in saying that um, the crew won, right? No, the crew won. Oh, they didn't win the Spiel de Jar. They Kenner won the Spiel. Kenner Spiel de Jar. Which, which is, which is amazing. Uh, to me, it's amazing because uh, the Kenner Spiel is the slightly more complex game. And trick-taking games are one of the more easier right. types of card games, right? So typically, you have a trick-taking game like Euchre and stuff where... There's a lot of stuff going on, but the actual gameplay is not is not overly complex. And what the crew did was made a they took and and trick taking games get rebuilt all the time. There's there's so yeah. many, and it's such a fun um, mechanic to shift around and sort of put different ways to play into it. And what the crew did, and what they're sort of the first to do, is made a cooperative trick taking game that gets 
uh, sort of almost exponentially harder as you play. So there's a whole bunch of different levels. Right. And, and when you start, there's like one person with one card that says they have to win one trick this particular way. And then right. the next mission adds in another card and another card and another card. And then you're all working together and you're not, you're not specifically working together to win each trick. You're, you're working together to like win that trick with this card or, or yeah. lose this many or win that many. And like everything keeps changing and everybody really has to, to work together just to figure out how to, it becomes a puzzle more than a trick taking game. Yeah. They've totally built a cooperative puzzle around this trick taking mechanic, which I have to say trick taking is something as, as someone who grew up playing a ton of games. And yes, I, I did grow up playing card games. Um, but as I've often told you, I'm like, I can never remember the rules to like t- traditional kind of playing card games, like, you know, playing Queens with my Nana. She always had to remind me of the rules. Uh, so trick taking el- eluded me completely. Uh, the, your game that your, your, your donut game is the, is my trick taking kind of, uh, first trick taking game really that I dug my teeth into, which is a super fun game and Thanks. I'd play it any time. And I can't help but be, um, really curious now because i didn't get to try gorus maximus with you i think i think we looked at it but we didn't actually play it and i'm really curious now about the crew and and whether we're going to see which is which happens with spiel awards right like you know a tile laying game wins or a a deck building game wins and then we just see like not necessarily clones but we see like innovation on the mechanic and stuff like that um i'll be curious to see what happens with that I want to see what happens with that because I'm really interested in trick-taking games and like we have a donut here and then I had been trying to, uh, I have another trick-taking game that I tried to really explore Mm-hmm. Uh, possibilities with because right it, that was my first uh, trick-taking experience actually right. was, yeah, your, was your first trick-taking game yeah and it's it's something where a lot of people change sort of just how how the gameplay works within a trick-taking game and I wanted to explore using the trick-taking mechanic as part of a bigger game right just to, just to sort of and not like a well I mean it, it ends up being like a, there's I think a couple like old west maybe games where it uses them as in shootout sort of thing right but those tend to be more i think poker hands than than just straight up trick taking stuff so right uh, so i want to see from from this because it's it's lit up the way it has mm-hmm. whether or not we're actually going to see th- uh, that that sort of innovation happen more where you're going to see trick taking become a mechanic in bigger games yeah i think you're right and i mean i think your game has something special there the that other the radio un- kind no, of untitled lush if that's what you're trying no but that that other un I think it's an untitled game, right? That you. Yeah, I have it called Trick Exploring on my files that are saved, but it's not a good name, so I don't know. <laughs> but it does bring me to mind. Uh, you know, we talked about deck building at length uh, in the past, but you know, my first introduction to deck building being Dominion, and you're just playing cards and Thunderstone, which is mostly just cards. The board is just really just a way to set up your cards. You don't need it. And then you know, Clank comes along, and Eldorado comes along. Yeah, I'm curious if we'll see a game kind of like the one your trick exploring game that you're, you're working on or something inspired by the crew t- where, yeah, it, it does for trick taking what Clank and Eldorado have done for deck building. I'd, I'd be totally surprised if it didn't happen to be honest. Um, but yeah, I'm totally interested in the crew and uh, kind of a, an unfortunate, not unfortunate. It is what it is. Um, because it's a cooperative game, it's only 15 bucks and it's one of Kenner spiel. So I was like, ah, sweet. It's a cooperative game. I can play through these like 50 missions solo, 
But I feel like this is probably one of the cooperative games. You can't really play this trick-taking cooperative game solo. No, I don't think you can play a trick-taking game solo. Some, I mean, no. one of the problems with trick-taking games is a lot of times you can't even play them as two players. Right. So like whenever you play like Euchre as a two-player game, you usually have a dummy hand. And like yeah. a lot of a lot of times, and there are, re, I think, really good trick-taking games that have come out that that's their sort of main goal is to build a two-player game. But yeah. so, to, so to find a trick-taking solo game, you'd be like playing... Uh, I've done it for playtesting where I've just had dummy hands. Sure. Uh, and I think even Gorus Maximus plays a, a dummy hand for two players. I think the crew has special rules for two players as well. And the BGG community says, you know, at least three. Uh, you should have three players. But yeah, the crew is by Thomas Singh. Uh, released by Cosmos and yeah, the Kenner Spiel winner. So, and like I said, the price point is, uh, is, is pretty, pretty great. People looking to try trick taking. I could also go, uh, go to our website, check out donut by Mitch Morris. <laughs> Shameless plug. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, uh, interestingly enough, sea change, which is Connor McGooey's, uh, reskin of Gorus Maximus lists one to four players. Hmm. So it's a, it's there you got go. A one to eight players because it's Gorus Maximus plays uh, up to eight players too. So this right. plays one to eight. So he's found a way, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure what his solo rules are, but yeah. I'm pretty sure it's two players with with a dummy deck. So maybe maybe solo with two dummy decks, two mm. dummy hands. Also, I would be surprised if someone on the BGG community didn't come up with a variant to play the crew solo. Um, some way to do it. I have no idea. This but, is the sort of thing that just proves we're everyday meeple. <laughs> where yeah. I say, well, you couldn't do that. And then I look, oh, wait a second. This says you can oh, do that. Never mind. It's been done. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's totally happening right now. <laughs> we are not industry insiders. We're just yeah. talking about things we like. Yeah. What was your but, mountain uh, segue? Oh, we want to go there. Okay. I was thought sure. we might have went down a spiel path, but I'm oh, okay well, with that because I'm not really... I don't, spiel? I don't really know the... That the, was... Well, yeah, the, that was the Kenner spiel. I don't really know. I'm not familiar with what the actual Spiel Legera winner was this year. It was Pictures. Oh, uh, is that? No, that's not a, a Rainer Kinesia one, is it? What's no, that? it's not. Uh, that was nominated. My City was nominated, which is Rainer, uh, Rainer Kinesia's right. legacy tile-laying city-building game. Yeah, it was up against heavy hitters because the other one was Uwe Rosenberg's Nova Luna, which I don't know much about either, but it's kind of... It's a, been super popular. Astral tile laying a game, but yeah, I see it all over the place. I've but Pitchers... T-shirts. But Pitchers won, and Pitchers is by Daniela Storr and Christian Storr. Um, I, pro- I may not be pronouncing that right. And it looks like a party game. And I've never, I haven't watched the video to see how it plays or anything. And I'm not going to lie. It kind of looks like a bland box. And and I wouldn't really be drawn to it. But I know we've had a lot of experiences with like games like Codenames and Avalon, where these kind of, I'm not even explaining what Pictures is, but I'm just imagining that it's a party game that if it won the uh, Spiel des Jahres, it probably has some legs. But it it looks like a game where you have, um, it just has materials in the box. They give you like building blocks, shoelaces, some symbol cards, uh, a few other like physical objects. And then uh, you draw some combination of pictures from a deck and you have to represent the pictures with the objects that are in the box. Hmm. Um, yeah. There, and there's, there's more to it than that, obviously. And I, it, it was a new game. I don't even think if, I don't know even sure if it's come out in North America yet. Like I think it's, 
a lot of these games, um, the Spiel de Jar have buzz before we even get these games on our shores, like the other two, um, Nova Luna and, and My City. They, they've just come out, I'm, I'm pretty sure. But anyways, yeah, pictures. I'll have to look into it a bit more and, and post back here. Like I said, it's not necessarily one I'm probably going to run out and grab just based on its uh, party component, but that would be one that would probably get a lot of play with like my my family, for instance, or maybe our like bigger game group. But I'd be curious to see... Um, I'll have to go and look at like a playthrough if they exist because it seems there's a, several games that sort of work that that style where you're trying to make a picture out of the stuff you have. So yeah. I'd be curious to see what what's, what this is offering. Yeah. Because obviously it's doing something special. Yeah, I wonder. It beat out uh, Wavelength. I think Wavelength was in that running for to that too. Uh, I think it might have got a... Um, or oh, a special a mention. Uh, yeah, a special mention. Um, but that is the big winner. No, Wavelength is not even on the recommendation list. No way. Eh? I thought it was. No. Well, once um, again, not a very good insider. <laughs> But uh, yeah, those are the big winners, and I'm not going to get into the kids' games. Um, but do you know? Do you know the series of games that Lego had put out, where they're they're sort of board games, but you build the board and then you yeah, play yeah. the game. Do you, there's a pyramid one of of those games. That's Arena Kinesia. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, there's a ton of those. I see those around all the time and just assume they're uh, at like thrift stores and stuff and just assume they're missing lots of pieces. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, he's got to be one of the most prolific and award-winning designers out there. Oh my God. Yeah. He, he has so many, so many games. Um, he's nonstop. He's a machine. Probably not. Not a machine. I'll do a, go on the record and say that he's an Android. I'll do a spiel segue myself then. Okay. Uh, We've been playing, it's kind of a weak segue. We've been playing Broom Service, <laughs> the card game just recently. Oh. Which, to, to tie that in, it's the card game of the Broom Service game, yeah. which is... Uh, a Spiel de Jar winner? It, yeah, it won Spiel de Jar in, in 20, 2015. It won Kenner Spiel. Oh, okay. But it's a great game. It, it's, it's also, who is it? It's uh, Andreas... Pelika and Alexander Fister. Oh yeah, that's a big name. Big names. And it's a rebuild of a game that they had done previously called uh, Witch's Brew, which was right. nominated for Spiel de Jar in, in like 2008. Oh wow, I didn't know that. But we weren't playing that one. That's the, the big game. So it's a board game. It's a pick up and deliver game where you're playing as witches and you have to get potions and drop the potions off at these towers and mm-hmm. and the the interesting bit about the game is that it's a it's a simultaneous selection game where everybody has particular actions available and each of those actions is either a really good action that you need or an okay action that kind of helps and you have to pick out what you want to do and then in turn order you say I'm going to do this and if someone else if you if you do the lower of the two actions you get it automatically but if you right. try and do the higher action, if anybody else has selected that same action that turn, you lose it and they get it. And then if anybody right. else has, they lose it and the next person gets it. And it's got this weird push your luck 
kind of a poker vibe to it. It's not really, yeah. you're not building a hand like poker, but the feeling of playing off of the other players is, has a very poker vibe and it's yeah, a very push your luck game. And the original game, Witch's Brew, was, was a card game that worked with these same sort of actions. And then the game that we've been playing is, is Broom Service, uh, the card game. So 2015, Broom Service came out, was uh, Kenner Spiel winner. 2016, Broom Service, the card game comes out and it's a lighter version, but it's not the original Witch's Brew version. They've taken um, sort of the mechanic in which is in uh, broom service and yeah. distilled it into a card game. So they've they didn't go back to the original game. They made a new thing, and this this new game has less of the poker vibe, but yeah. is a super fun press your luck sort of card game. Where in this year you're just set collecting your potions. Okay. And so each game there's three bonus cards that show you there's. What is there? Depending on how many players you're playing with, the number of different colors of witch and potion goes right. up. So when yeah. you're playing with three players, it's about it's about seven. And then each type, each color, each witch, uh, there's so many of that card. So each card will say 10 or 12 or 14 or 16 or 18. And that's actually how many of those cards are in the deck. Right. And each card has what they call a cowardly action or a brave action. And the cowardly gives you one potion of that color and the brave gives you two of that color and one brave potion, which is like a rainbow potion that also scores at the end of the game. And during the right. game, you're collecting these potions and you score bigger points for having more of every color. So at the end of the game, you're going to count how many of each color you have, check your chart and score for sets, including the rainbow potions. But, while you're playing, if you can get the combinations needed for the bonus cards, you're going to collect those and get five points. And the way, the way it works, you have this huge pile of cards and you get dealt 17 cards. That's, your, that's your, your own personal deck. And then from that deck, everybody picks just three to play in a round. Wow. So you, pick, you pick three, you have a huge selection, which lets you see based on how many cards you know are are. In, in the deck of each color, you can right. start to see like, oh, I have a lot of this color. So someone else has slightly less of that. And as the game goes on, you get more and more information like that. So you have to then, whoever's first has to decide whether they want to play the one potion or the two potion side. And it's the same right. as in the bigger game where if you play the one potion, you get to keep it. But whoever else has picked that color has to play their card. And if right. they decide to play the, the two potion side and you played the two potion side, then you're going to lose it. Interesting. And and that's the game. It's really simple. You play one round, you collect your potions, you, you get three more cards for your 17 cards. So you always have 17 cards. And right. uh, well, if you, if you lose a card during the round, you get that back in your deck. So you don't actually lose your cards. You always have them and you can try right. it again. And it's only four rounds. So oh, it's, wow. you're only collecting a maximum of like 12 cards. I think you start with one other card. So you, you get like 13 cards. And it, it plays so fast and there's so seemingly little going on. And we've played it so many times. Macy loves it. Melissa loves it. I love it. And Great. we just played it tonight. And Melissa and I were talking about it after we played it. It's such a light and simple game. And wow. we we're talking about how to think about it and how we might have played it and what we might have done wrong. And, oh, I thought you did this. And so I did that. And like, there's so good, good for, for such a light, simple very little going on game. Uh, it, it's it was super fun, 
And, and, you know, if we're talking about how we played it and how we might play the next time, yeah, that's a really good sign for, especially for such a light game. Interesting. And what does it play up for or, uh, you know, eight? oh, geez. Wow. That's well, that's great. If that's the case, I mean, that's, uh, that puts it in a, a great category to bring to a, a game night. Uh, there's so few games where you play seven and eight, especially uh, lighter card games like that, maybe. Um, Might be six. Yeah, it's three to six. Six is still pretty good. That's interesting. Do you think, um, or maybe she already has, but has Macy tried the board game? Like, no, is, but we're this, talking this, about it now. Also, I was going to say, does this prepare you for the board game in any way? or does It it, it really prepares for the thought process of yeah. picking and losing an action. Like the idea that which we thought might might upset her, right? Where right. You're, trying, you're needing to get a thing, and you so you put out that, and then you lose it. We thought might she she might not like, but doesn't phase her, and cool. uh, and so we've been I've been so I was showing her the bigger game and sort of explaining how it goes. So we'll some weekend we'll pull it out and yeah. There's a yeah, there's a, a lot more to game. think about in the bigger game because you're actually moving around. Yeah, you have the stuff. And there's a lot yeah. of bonus points to go after with the clouds and yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's a little bit more. It's a really fun game though. And I'm glad to hear the card game's good. I've seen it around. It's usually one you can pick up for like fifteen bucks or something. To 18 dollars right? if, it's, if yeah. it's on sale or that's good to know. It was it was in the Christmas box. You could have could have got it for Christmas sometime, but too bad. I am. Yeah. Christmas uh, is cancelled. I know. I and the art. <laughs> oh, and the art is is phenomenal. It's Vincent Dutrait. Yeah, it really is. Which is are other all riding animals like riding at dragons or bears and like, I mean the the big board is is beautiful with tons to look at on the map and then the just yeah. these tiny cards are the mini cards so they're like two and a half by almost two inches kind of cards but but there's vibrant witches and yeah. potions the, w- the witches have all kinds of characters there's like there's druids right little bearded kind of druid characters as well if I'm not mistaken right um, whether they're on maybe the they're witches for sure. Oh yeah, maybe not in the card game. Um, well, we haven't seen all of the cards either because you don't play with all the cards with three players, right? You add in sets of cards as you increase the the number. Macy's looked at all of the cards. So right. She would know. She'd be the one to ask. Uh, you want to hear my mountain segue? Oh, yeah, let's go back. Now, it's not really much of a mountain segue after all, but uh, I haven't been playing a ton of games just because I've been kind of laid up. Uh, I've been in what I call a video game therapy recovery mode. Um, which I actually have something to, to say about that after. But uh, right before I, I had my my little surgery, I I kind of impulse uh, went out and grabbed the, speaking of Everdell earlier, the Everdell Spirecrest. And Spirecrest, if I'm not mistaken, by looking at the beautiful box cover, looks very mountainous. Very outdoorsy. Very, <laughs> very outdoorsy. When I think outdoors, I think Everdell we were animals. We're going to go for a hike, but it's raining out. Let's play Everdell. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, Everdell. Uh, for I mean, anyone, that, that's a true thing that would happen. But it's <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> for, anyone, for anyone who doesn't know, Everdell came out a couple of years ago. Um, and it's this beautiful looking game. And this is why it's got lumped into this outdoor category that you're talking about. Um the board of this board game it's kind of circular board uh, where you know you put your resources and your cards down and stuff um but then it has this tree that you have to put together it's a big cardboard tree that kind of slots together it stands i don't know like 
uh, 10 inches tall or something like that, maybe or more. Um, and that's where you place some more cards and your workers, cause it's a worker placement game. Um, and it has this really striking appeal, a visual appeal. And I think it's a big part of why people gravitate towards the game, but <laughs> that's why I think it might get thrown in an outdoor category because it looks like there's a little cardboard tree growing on your table when you're playing it. Um, I think it, it, tra- it, got, it transports you to the outdoors. My feeling of, of why that game ended up on that list is that guy just likes that game and yeah, wanted probably. to put it on, <laughs> put it in the list. Yeah. And fair how enough. Can I, how can I get away with talking about Everdell at my job at outdoor magazine? <laughs> yeah. And fair enough. There's a lot to like about the game. I, I broke it out and played it with Susie the other night because I wanted to, uh, cause she, she kind of bounced off it initially because there is a lot to think about. Um, not that that's a problem necessarily for her, but there's like, uh, there's a bigger, there's a lot going on in the game. Anyways, it's basically a worker placement game. You have these little um, worker animal meeple that you place on the board to get either logs or gems, which is called something else, but it's escaped me. Berries and stones. And then you use those resources to play cards. And then you're playing a tableau of cards down in front of you. Something like, you know, Race for the Galaxy maybe where you can have 15 cards in front of you. They all score points and interact with each other in different ways to get victory points. That is, is a simple thing. But what you have to think about, and this is what kind of complicates the game and can make your mind uh, muddy a bit playing it, is the cards kind of interact with each other in a similar way that Seven Wonders does, in that you can play some cards and it then allows you to play other cards for free uh, rather than having to pay the resources. I think it's borrowed gently from Seven Wonders where you can play cards in an earlier round, an earlier age, and then in the second or third age, you get to play certain cards for free if you have these other cards previously in your tableau. And the other thing that kind of complicates things is it has on the tree, on the on the uh, nice, beautiful cardboard 3D tree that we mentioned, there are four events up there that give you victory points and you usually don't access them till the end of the game. And they're hard to keep in mind and, and remember, but they're worth sometimes like five or six points, which is a big deal in the game. Anyways, it's a ton of fun. It's a really tight economy, a really beautiful game. I think it's misleading that it looks like a, a Redwall book or like a, a Beatrix Potter book because it is actually a bit of a grueling, tight game where you'll be playing the first couple rounds and being like, I hate this because I can't do anything and this is frustrating. And then it eventually kind of blossoms into, oh, okay, my last few turns, I can really get stuff done. Um, I know the designer, James A. Wilson, I read his design diary a long time ago. He originally had it kind of uh, set medieval like dominion style where instead of these animals which all these animals are just bakers and architects and teachers and stuff anyways they're just beautiful looking animals drawn by uh, andrew bosley uh it would have worked totally fine as a medieval game they just kind of gave it this kind of fantasy life but because i haven't got a ton of uh, people to play with currently at the moment because you know the world um Spirecrest really appealed to me. Back to the mountain segue. Uh, Spirecrest is an expansion that appealed to me to play the game solo because I didn't necessarily love the solo experience. It's kind of fun, but not as fun as some others that I have in my collection. But Spirecrest adds this board that attaches to the bottom, gives you these little bunny meeples that have little like traveling packs, like a bag on a stick. They're going off on an adventure. And uh, throughout the game, you're, 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 you're walking this winding path and collecting maps 
that are worth points at the end of the game. And at the end of every round, when you rest for a season, uh, this is like a part of the game, you rest for, for spring and then you rest for summer and then you rest for autumn and you kind of reset and play the next round. When you do that in this game, you get these powerful cards that this bunny is kind of discovering on his journey. And it can lead to things like big cards that have end game points or where the big visual draw is. You can get these giant big meeple, like a big moose that your that your regular workers this is kind of ridiculous. You put a little plastic saddle on uh, these, this moose or the bear or the wolf. And it's really hard to get on. You really have to push it on this meeple. And then your regular workers can fit in the saddle. And then they can be placed in, in, in maybe they can be placed in a spot where someone already is, you know, typically in worker placement, you can't go to a spot where someone's already gone. Uh, well, if you're riding the moose, you, you, you can go to that spot. Or if you're riding the bear, every spot you go to, he gets a he gets a berry because you know bears are always after the berries. Um, and, you know, I, I sometimes see people on the internet say Everdell's gimmicky because of the big tree or these big meeples. It's all very beautiful, um, and the game really ratchets up the complexity and and ratchets up the the tension and the grueling feeling, which is not going to be fun for some people. Um, but as a solo experience and someone who I beat the, the solo, the regular, the base game solo, I kind of had I played what it had to offer. And this really kind of spices it up a bit, gives you some more things to think about. Plus it kind of gives it a bit more for, for a game that looks really fantasy, like I was saying, but is essentially medieval kind of minded game. This adds this kind of fantasy element of a bunny going off on an adventure and meeting characters and, um, you know, it doesn't necessarily tell a story, but it it evokes the kind of fantasy that you want from this game through, because of Andrew Bosley's art, I think. So I think it's a really good compliment to the game. Not sure I would ever play it with a group. Like we've played Everdell once and it was grueling and it gets really tight. Uh, I wouldn't say let's slap this, this expansion out and give you three more things to think about. Um, and plus it has these weather cards that you flip over every season that basically does something horrible. It says you can't go to a spot or everything costs one more extra resource or discard your cards. But I think those kind of expansions are, are fantastic for um, one of the things that I always want out of, out of board games is to have a, a dark rainy day where I can play that game all day. Right. And so to have something like that, that adds you know, another hour to a game that I'm already enjoying and, and turns it into something that much bigger. It's not, it's not necessarily something I want to play all the time that I'd, I'd be like, hey, let's play with this. But, no, not at all. But there are days where, you know, that, that's what I want to do. And it would be great uh, to add something like that in and then, you know, just have yeah. so, much, so much more going on in that little world. Yeah, totally. Um, I'm happy with this one. It's probably the way I'll, I'll bust it out and play it solo. Um, but if I'm ever teaching someone new the game or playing with Susie or even my brother who really likes the game, or if we ever get around to playing it again, the base game is totally fine and gives you lots to think about. Um, but yeah, it's cool. Beautiful. Can't say enough about Andrew Bosley. I just uh, fell down a quick hole. This is... Uh, and my my point was never it, well not in this episode. My point wasn't to uh, to call out uh, the problems to list. My point for what I brought it up for today was I was thinking, can I think of better nature games? 
Yeah, I think that's you fair. Know? And sure. and I and I was stumbling and I was trying trying to figure it out. And there's a there's a beautiful one that I I don't I mean it gets a seven point one on on BGG, so it's it's doing very well. It's only seven hundred ratings, seven hundred thirty six people rated it, but it's a seven. Bosk, are you familiar with Bosk? Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I totally get it confused with Parks. Uh, yeah, is this similar? It looks... It's it's Quanche Moria that did the art. Yeah, I don't know if I'm saying that right. Quanche Moira, maybe I'm not sure. Yeah. But it's a beautiful game. It uses similar trees to photosynthesis, and your right, right. colorful wooden leaves are falling on the ground, and there's little squirrel meeples that you can use to block. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a puzzly, uh, abstract game that looks beautiful and is a, a walk in the fall woods. And it's designed by uh, Terrell Andrews and oh. Erica Buyuris. And so Sagrada guy? So Daryl, yeah. So Daryl Andrews is Sagrada and is putting out uh, Seven Summits, which is another mountain climbing game. Uh, but wow. Erica, Erica <laughs> Boyuris is Canadian, I believe. And she's working on, uh, there's a game kickstarting for Steven Universe. Oh, cool. And I, I had seen a tweet um, a couple weeks ago. I don't know, maybe the Kickstarter is, is done now, but she was wanting people to mention it because I guess maybe they were getting some some uh, flack where people thought it was uh, correct connected directly to Comedy Central or what's the cartoon? Uh, cartoon Network. Cartoon Network, where Cartoon Network has um, approved everything but isn't isn't financially supporting it. It's its, its own huh. entity. It's its own thing, but something like that. Something like that. She Weird. said, uh, somebody in that group. But yeah. And she's yeah, done Cartoon a Network. It's about time someone also made a game. Wrong. It's about time someone's going to make this game that's uh, objectively about my, or about my objective reality, my universe. Finally. Finally. I'll, I'll back that one. We might go for it. I think it's up yeah. still. Steven Universe is really fun, actually. It's a really cool uh, show, and I've read a couple of the comics, and they're really entertaining. And I think she's worked on her list here, saying she's done work on the Scott Pilgrim's Miniatures that's coming out. Cool. Scott also looks Pilgrim good. Miniatures the World, it's called. <laughs> that's great. It's her game. She's listed as the designer for that one. That's awesome. Yeah. And she's Canadian. Canadian, Toronto. Cool. Very awesome. That one's coming hey, out on Renegade. I was going to bring up something that just popped into my newsfeed uh, before I uh, logged on here today because I was just uh, raving about Andrew Bosley again. I don't know if you came across this today or I if you're a, on... Something in the email. Uh, yeah. He's just kind of teased this thing that he's going to be kickstarting really book, soon. Uh, the, it's, called, it's an it's atlas? Called, it's an atlas called The Wanderer's Guide. And it's going to be... Um, over 50 pages of like really cool looking maps. It's basically like an RPG companion. It's going to be coming with tokens and stuff too to like... Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be dry erase. So you know, you can name name your mountains and villages. And apparently it's going to have like an, an NPC system built in. And I mean, who knows what else it will maybe be unlocked in the Kickstarter. But, uh, you know, for it's someone I think... system independent or is it going to be like 5e or... That's a good question. Do you know? Um, it I don't doesn't, know. I didn't read the whole thing. No, it doesn't say in this teaser. No offense, Andrew. I just, uh, 
it doesn't say it just says to enhance your fantasy rpg campaigns i would hope honestly that it's just yeah you know lots lots of people are getting into creating their own worlds and using systems that you could if you're not you know a natural artist you got this beautiful book of maps that you can kind of use to help you out that makes Um, it sound open to me yeah i think so and i mean there's only a couple pictures but even just the one page if that's one page and there's 49 more uh it's a pretty cool that's a it's a good idea um yeah bosley good work <laughs> good work andrew <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh the other game we've been playing a, a ton of is archaeology oh yeah yeah i've seen is, your post about that which is from 2007 and you guess you guess 2005. I did. I'd asked Steve earlier because we were talking about uh, board game art and just how basically there you can almost draw a line, and it it has a line that goes through Kickstarter's early days of how art and production values in modern games had just exploded. Yeah, and and so this game like it's from 2007 an Australian game by uh, Phil Walker Harding and it, it has this old aesthetic to it and it's, it's been redone it has uh, Archaeology the New Expedition which came out in oh what year 2008 no no that can't be right 2008 was uh, when it won an award so 2012 2008, it came out as new art and it's beautiful and it's the same artist but now it's stunning uh but we've been, we've been playing this game it's a very simple game it started out as a board game i think too but the i don't know in the 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 card game got remade but not the board game so i have a feeling mm. the board game just sort of added a bunch of stuff uh to make it you know more, more theme maybe i'm not sure i didn't look into it we don't have it yep 20 2016 2016 right. was the reason yeah. and when it's, it came out absolutely beautiful and this game we've been playing it with macy and it's a set collection game it's a it's a simple um you draft a card on your turn you start off with four cards there's i think one two three there's seven types of treasure and each type of treasure um is it this is phil walker harding who's done sushi go so if you know card drafting and set collection games that sushi go is is you know phenomenal it's one of the top 10 probably the biggest gateway draft game maybe for set collection and drafting games i would it's a go-to for sure and so this is an earlier game and it's it's fantastic it's easy it's quick there's uh seven treasures each of them set collects in a different way so some of them if you get two it's worth 15 points if you get five it's worth like 40 points and then there's only so many uh, of those cards in the deck. So, you know, there's something like 18 of the pot shards. And if you get five of those, it's worth 15 points. But one of them is only worth one point, And four of them is only worth four points. Right. But if you can get them all, then it's worth something. And there's parchment bits and, you know, coins, ancient coins and all this stuff. And Ooh, so, yeah. so you shuffle up all the cards. You deal... <laughs> four to each player and then you build this little pyramid there's a little pyramid card and you put seven face down in one spot and five face down in another and three face down in another and then you build a market of five cards and uh and and then on your turn you just draw a card and when you draw a card you're either going to get another piece of treasure 
or there's going to be a sandstorm that makes everybody discard half of their cards, which all go into the open market. Uh, you're going to get a thief, which lets you take a card from somebody else, or you're going to get a map. And the maps let you get the treasures from the from the pyramid. So if you have one map, you can take the pile of three cards right away. If you have two maps, you can take the pile of five cards. Or if you save up for three maps, you can take the pile of seven cards. And on your turn, you draw that one card, and then you can do whatever you want. So you can you can spend your cards. All the cards have a value at the top that you can trade in the market for other cards as long as, as, long as the numbers match up. You put down uh, something that's worth four points. You can pick up four pieces of parchment. And then you can put your set mm. down to score points. They don't score any points in your hand. And they might get stolen or lost in a sandstorm. So right. as soon as you put your set down, though, you can't add to it. So if you put three cards down instead of five, you'll get points for those three. And you'll never be able to... The next ones you put down the same one are in another pile. Wow, cool. It's, it's another game that is super simple and super fast to play. And Macy, at, at seven years old, loves the game. And she will alternate from completely beating us to, to not doing as well. And right. like, she, she'll get obsessed, right? She'll be like, oh, I like the shiny green cards, and I'm going to collect all of those. And she'll work all game to trade her cards to get those. And like, sometimes it really pays off, and some, sometimes it, it doesn't. But, but she loves it, huh. and we love it. We bought it a while ago at the yeah. thrift, thrift store, unopened. And, yeah, yeah, I remember that. And we finally got yeah, into playing it, and we've played the, the, the box off of it. You played the box off it. Um, it sounds like a lot of fun, actually. I, um, I feel like Sam would really love it. Sam's really interested in Egypt. You know, a lot of kids are interested in mummies and pyramids and stuff, but that's his top. If you ask him, you know, if you go anywhere, you go to the pyramids. Um, and, you know, he's into games. He's into card games, especially like quick card games. Um, yeah, I have to... I have to keep my eye out for that one because I sound based on what you said it has a lot of interesting decisions, and I love that idea of like having to choose whether you play your set or or hang on to it and try to build it more, and you play it and you can't add to it. Like those are kind of simple and fun things for a quick game. Um, that's cool. Phil Walker Harding. I think the new expedition like adds a few more things too. The art. I'm look. I've been looking at it while you've been explaining it to me. Uh, the one that I've looked at archaeology that you were explaining, and now I'm looking at the new expedition, and the art is significantly improved. Um, it's pretty nice looking. Um, the broken cup looks like a broken cup. Not that the other one didn't, but this really does. Well, it's the same artist. <laughs> yeah, it's the, interesting. Eh? The original archaeology, uh, Phil Walker Harding is listed listed as one of the artists, right? And then at, I'm going to get the name wrong. Atha Canary. Uh, okay. It also it won. It came out and it's an Australian game. Phil Walker Harding's from Australia, and it won the 2008 uh, Best Australian Game of the Cool Australian Board Game Awards or something. Well, it's funny because the, the other game that Sam has been requesting most lately, probably, is a Phil Walker Harding game. Uh, he really likes Baron Park, right? Um, and What's that? That's about nature. That's true. Well, yeah, part, yeah like zoo, a zoo, zoo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> building a bear park. Um, but yeah, you know, there's monorails, trees. Well, this is it. I'm really interested. So yeah, this Baron Park game is just a t- polyomino tile laying game. Very simple, family weight, gateway kind of style game. Um, but it had, it, you're playing just like polyominoes, Tetris tiles, um, on a board that have bears on them and outhouses and food stands. And you're just basically building a bear park. Uh, but 
they just released a, well, not just last year, released an expansion called the Bad News Bears, uh, which has nothing to do with uh, the with with expansions about, <laughs> and nothing to do with the expansions about, really, I don't think. Unless the new bears they add, which I think are Grizzlies, are bad news for some reason, but I doubt it because I think they're all just worth points. Uh, but it adds a monorail system. So there's kind of 3D, uh, again, what a lot of board games, well, they've always been doing it, you know, Jenga and Fireball Island and HeroQuest, they've always existed, but uh, building these monorails off your board. So, you know, they, they, they build upwards into the third dimension. Uh, it looks really cool. Um, not exactly sure if that would be too much for someone like Sam or probably would be just enough for me because I find Baron Park a really fun family game, but also it's very simple. Um, but it's a, it's great. Yeah, I, I do really enjoy it. Cool. I like uh, the Phil Walker Harding has gizmos too. We want to play that with with Macy. I think she's. I think she can take that one. That's the gizmos is the. Oh yeah, yeah. I know which one is that. Phil Walker building. Harding as well. Yeah. Oh wow. Pretty sure. Man, it's a lot of good games. Gizmos has that. Um, similar feel for wingspan not not a, as a yeah. game but but for the uh the way the actions trigger where in wingspan totally, when, you, when yeah. you do an action you get all of the actions in the same area yeah and gizmos sort of functions with that same feel where whenever you do an action it triggers a chain reaction of other things and that's yeah, a fun little and you're picking builder. marbles out of a gumball machine so i mean once your kids can play it it's it's going to be fun. Yeah, that's that's a really nice tactile addition to that game. Is, yes, marble gum machine. It's a that's what it is. I don't know if that really counts as as an economic system in a game, but it's very clean and simple, and mm-hmm. a, a really nice way to understand uh, just just the counting out what you need to buy stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um. So I was going to say, well, I did say earlier, but. Uh, I have something to add to it. Um, I was saying that I didn't get really get to play a whole lot because I've been kind of laid up and not quite up for sitting around a table, but I've been totally up for sitting in my recliner playing video games. Um, and besides uh, finally finishing Final Fantasy VII, which I don't need to get into Final Fantasy VII here, but uh, more recently I've been sitting around playing God of War, which... Um, I don't know if you've ever played any of those games, but I picked it up recently, but I just don't play a lot of video games anymore. Well, not the, not the new one. I picked up, uh, I think it's PS2 or something like the first. No, oh, it's not. That's not even God of War. What is that? Never mind. Yeah, just God of War. Yeah, the God is of it? War games are on PS2 uh, okay. and PS3, and they're kind of like hack and slash ac- action, like arcade games. I find you're just kind of hacking your way through Greek mythology. Um, but this newer game, and I don't even know the story of God of War. I don't necessarily think I need to. But I'm pretty sure that the main character is the god of war. Um, but this ties into something we talked about a while back when we were talking about uh, Champions of Midgard. And I was saying how much I love Vikings. We were talking a little bit about Norse mythology and uh, how I was saying I really need a Viking game in my life, in my board game collection, because I, I really do like the mythology. And I didn't know this going in, but God of War... I guess the whole thing is he's not a god anymore, or at least he's left like the Greek pantheon of gods, and he's in way up in the north and anyways really quickly in the game this isn't spoilers he starts interacting with like norse gods and stuff and that that's the whole thing it's like all norse mythology and it's really cool and i'm i'm really into it 
Um, and this is board game related in that I didn't know this, but I, I remember after playing this game, I remembered seeing it, but cool mini or not, uh, Simon put out a God of War uh, board game a couple of years back. And oddly enough for a game that is like all about giant muscle men beating up trolls and ogres, it doesn't have any minis in it, which is surprising for cool mini or not. And their Kickstarter kind of reputation for video game adaptations. Uh, but apparently, and I've just read a couple of reviews, there's not a ton out there about this game. It seems to have flown under the radar. Um, but it has a 7.0 rating, um, but only like 278 people went uh, rated it. But it's a really cool deck building game that apparently has a really unique mechanic that I, I'm going to probably try to track this game down eventually if I like the video game enough and want to kind of replay it in some way in board game form. Uh, but it looks to have a really cool thing where you display with giant cards a scene from the video game, like maybe a fight scene or something. And then it's a straightforward be- deck builder. But the scenes that you've played out in front of you, they get triggered at different points. So just say maybe you're fighting a monster. Um, it might say that it has infinite shields. So you're like, oh, how do I beat this guy? And you're just building your deck. Like, I don't, I don't think there's any way to beat this guy. Something triggers... And one of those scene cards flip over and now all of a sudden the monster's shooting at you with a bow, but it has lower armor. So now you have to attack before that card flips back over and it's completely mm-hmm. armored again. So it has this weird kind of dynamic fight scene system that I haven't really seen before. Um, anyways, uh, I love deck builders. It's play solo. Uh, I think it's relatively cheap and you know me, I'm the sucker who went all in on the Dark Souls board game and uh, haven't really had a fun time with that. But if I could play a $30 version of a, a video game I really liked and it was a actually good board game, that that would be cool. Hmm. So uh, we keep that, an eye out for that. That triggers uh, a whole other conversation that would be that would be interesting and, and we'll make notes of uh, for a future episode where I was just listening to a Shut Up and Sit Down podcast um, where they were talking about um, what's the space mining game? Uh, Canadian mm-hmm. Roxley. Oh uh, yeah, uh, Super Motherload. Super Motherload, right? Uh, which yeah. is a port from a video game, but it's based on an so. earlier game that they did called, I think, Undermining. I think maybe it's okay. the first game, but uh, Roxley Games is a Canadian publishing company out of Calgary, I think. Big company they, now, and the, yeah, they've they've really blown up. They they released uh, Brass, a re-release of Brass, which is Martin Wallace, I think. Yeah, and, and then, the the guy at Roxley re- redesigned and then Brass, redesigned it right. as Lancashire. So it's like a a new. There's they re-released Brass with a beautiful reskinning of art, and then they did Lancashire at the same time, which is Brass uh, the second. Right. So I think Birmingham game. is Birmingham. The, okay. Is well, the, is the, yeah. Is Birmingham the original? Brass no, Birmingham? I think like I think Lancashire is the original and Birmingham's okay. the new one. Birmingham's yeah. the new one. Yeah. Whatever. So they have this yeah. other game and Shut Up and Sit Down, which is a great podcast if you guys are looking for a a, a really fun yeah. content. Go listen to them. Uh and they were talking about turning video games basically into board games and the systems that right. that work and and don't work in that in that particular game and i think i think we could probably um that's a have good that idea conversation it's a fun there's a lot there's it's exploding right now yeah, where totally. board games are as an industry is is projected to explode another five billion dollars the next five yeah, years yeah. as an industry 
And so a lot of design studios that are doing games are just pushing to get uh, games put out as board games. And I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know if that's a good thing, a bad thing. Yeah. It's, um, it's worth talking about though. I think that's a great idea. I'm, I'm, I'm all on board for that one. I have lots to say about uh, some of those that I've experienced and some of those that I would like to try. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Actually, I had another game I was going to mention, but I'll save it for that time when for that conversation. That makes sense because we are yeah. out of time. Yeah. Well, there you go. Good. Nice well, to have you back, Steve. Yeah, I'm glad to be back. I was looking forward to uh, to chatting. Uh, and we'll have to have a water deep conversation now that now that Dave's free again. Yeah. Yeah. Free is a Relative is one word. Yeah. He's he seems busy, but yeah, we can yeah. rope him in for something. I'm sure. Cool. All right, All man. Right. We'll, we'll talk soon. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.